Hi, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 127. I hope you all are doing beautifully. If you are a college student, your semester is ending this week, I think maybe. Good luck with your finals. Um, I just got back from um, juries, which are like music major finals for all of my students. They did great. Um, so happy that the semester is ending. It just feels really nice and it's time to dig in hardcore to summer wedding gigs. Um, my news today is just that I've announced the new date for my next single. It'll be out on May 20th. It's called Split and it's the darkest point in the album and one of my favorite songs on the record. So, um, you know, if you haven't been paying attention, The Hallowed Wide is the name of my record. It is, um, a concept album that kind of uses like, um, a fantastical enchanted, you know, journey across a canyon as a metaphor for the very sacred distance, um, between individuals and between groups of people. Um, it's a, it's an album with a moral and an album with a perspective, and it's also just whimsical and, uh, the music is really great. I'm really proud of it. And yeah, so this is the the very middle point of the record. It's the darkest point in the hallowed wide before we start kind of um, making our way through. It's the, the middle of the night, the middle of the journey. Um, and the song is just killer. It's really, really good. Um, again, it's called Split and it's going to be out on May 20th. If you want to get it a week early, make sure you're on my mailing list. And if you want, you know, to get caught up on like the lore of the album, it's like a fantasy record. So I've got lots of stuff. Um, but you know, it's also a record that, um, you know, I'm really into like psychology and sort of like social, you know, sociology and human development, human behavior. Um, and I, I, put a lot of my, um, you know, experiences and thoughts about these subjects into the record and what I think is a really, you know, artful way. Um, and also if you're not even thinking about any of that, the music is just like pretty funky and great. <laughs> this, this next song is like, I don't know, it's really, um, it's almost got like a like a gospel undertone, um, but, you know, major kind of pop overtones. It kind of reminds me of um, Michael Jackson's song, Will You Be There? You know, the one from Free Willy? Anyway, if you're thinking about this and you like that song, make sure you're following along. You're going to love Split. Okay, today's guest is my new friend, Pedro Flores. Um, Pedro is uh, just such a great guy. I loved so much talking with him and meeting him. I have to kind of just apologize up front. I was having some technical difficulties during this interview. I think I've figured them out permanently and they, they won't happen again. Um, but, you know, Pedro and I were getting into some like pretty heavy stuff, like talking a little bit about um, race and being, um, a first generation Mexican American. Um, and I'm, I'm really sorry we, we lost some of that, but there's still a lot of it in the episode and he has some really wonderful things to say and a great perspective. And, you know, I say this all the time, but one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is having the opportunity to talk with people who have, you know, different backgrounds from me. Um, and just so frequently realizing, you know, how very similar we are and how much we have in common. And I don't know, it's just like such a testament, I think, to like, 
like our species is just cool. Like I just like people so much and it's such an honor and a privilege to gather people's stories and have people um, sit and, and share with me. It's just really great. And I, I really felt like, um, you know, lifted up um, with this conversation with Pedro. Um, I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So I'm going to read you his bio now. Pedro Flores is an actor, playwright, and director currently based out of Utah. He has been in works for established for several established Utah theaters, including Good Company Theater, Plan B Theater Company, and Salt Lake Acting Company. He is currently performing as Ali in Ali and Number 3 for Plan B's ninth annual free elementary school tour, and will also be performing for their upcoming production of Aftershock. Um... Yeah, again, just such a great guy um, and just also really a lovely speaking voice. So it should be like a beautiful auditory journey as well as a beautiful journey for your soul. Um, that's all. I can't wait for you to hear it. Here comes Pedro. Great art almost feels like magic. It opens our minds to brand new ideas and teaches us to see ourselves and our world more clearly. Of course, behind all great art, there are artists. I think that's where the real magic happens. As we go beneath the art itself to explore how artists do what they do, we see glimpses of the sorts of creativity and resilience that lead to the art that moves our world. And maybe we can learn to borrow some of that magic for our own thinking. That's the goal here. And now that we're on the same page, let's dive in. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Okay, cool. Where are you from? I'm from, I was born in LA, uh, North Hollywood, California specifically. Um, cool. And I grew up there until I was like 16. And then I came over here. Uh, my parents bought a house over here because, cool. you know, prices of living was yeah. way lower compared to LA. Yeah, Utah's not like the cool place to be, but it is an affordable place to be, or at least it was yeah <laughs> i hear it's I like it's, i hear it's like the fast one of the fastest growing like cities in the country right it, now it is i think well i think a lot of people are like coming from more expensive cities yeah yeah you know? they're like oh, i can't live here anymore right. or maybe they want to slow down in their lives i i i, I kind of always thought that was going to happen i kind of really? saw it coming yeah uh, i grew up in arizona so i've i've been in utah about 10 years now and uh yeah, I don't know. Like the the thing that I like least about it is the pollution. Like I can't imagine like wanting to move to a place where like the air is toxic. Oh, well, yeah. I was actually because <laughs> I was driving up here and I was like, "Damn, this place is nice." Cuz I like I don't really come up down here yeah, like that much. I was just telling my husband the other day like I feel like a little bit ashamed of like how much I like living in the suburbs, <laughs> like <laughs> as an artist and like my degrees are in like jazz performance. Right. Um, I feel like I'm supposed to be like a city person, but like mm -hmm. living in the suburbs is really nice in many ways. And for the state of Utah, not the least of which is like the air is better here. Yeah. Well, you're definitely higher up and not, higher. Yeah. Not like in the mix. Yeah. yeah like uh, I was like I said, I was driving up here. I saw those mountains, which yeah. were like really nice. So I was They're like, okay, I, I, I get why people live here. <laughs> was a thought. And there's no it, good restaurants though. So, and there's no? no, like, there's no live music, you know, mm -hmm. there's stuff like, but it's not like we're that far away from Salt Lake. Right. But this area seems to be developing pretty quick. Yeah. Like, I really hope that with all of the people who are moving here from other places where they like expect there to be like non-chain restaurants that we'll get some, like, yeah. 
there will be a demand for it in time because i mean salt lake's only go only going to expand uh you know outward so yeah. it's going to be you know north salt lake south salt lake lehigh yeah going up to ogden those areas are going to get big i mean Ogden's kind of getting Already a big. little yeah. a little bit bigger like areas of ogden because that, that's that's where that's, you that's where you work yeah 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 so like and, and i lived there for like a long time and yeah. so compared to how it was when i first moved there yeah. how it's going now like it's turning into like a little salt lake cool you know eventually it's gonna it's have, gonna get there yeah, yeah. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty popping and well, then let's look forward to that and let's hope that we develop some better technology for like dealing with this air pollution yes <laughs> yes it's, it's bad i can't like it can't get worse like it's so bad already oh man i, I lived mean, in china for eight months and their air pollution was really bad. Like, really? yeah, there, there'd be days where like I would, you know, go outside and it looks like fog, yeah. but it's smog. Yeah, yeah. So like you can't see like 10 feet ahead of you and it's all smog. Ew, it's so gross. It we is. We had a day like that, like here, maybe four years ago, there was like a week where the air was like, you couldn't even see like mm -hmm. to the you know to the end of your driveway so yeah. gross no I, I i think there was there was one year like i was up in ogden too like and yeah. i got out of work because one at the time i was working at a coffee shop and it was yeah. late and it looked like fog yeah but it, was, it wasn't it was Ew, all the inversion so gross i hate and I'm it i'm like damn this is crazy so well <laughs> let's talk about your creative development now shall we yeah let's do it <laughs> um so i i always want to get to know kind of what people were like as children i find it so interesting and i love like connecting the dots between like, you know, what your little mind and personality was like as a, as a child and kind of the environment to what you're doing now. So um, I'm curious, like, do you, what are the, um, what were you up to as a creative child? What kind of creative things were you dabbling in or what evidence was there that you were a creative mind? Uh, I would always draw. Okay. Like draw like a lot, especially after seeing my cousin, my older cousin, uh, he, he was like an amazing like, artist and he and he wasn't like a, an artist per se yeah, but yeah he definitely had you know yeah. talent he could draw like cool. really really good like he was a big comic book fan and one day i saw a sketchbook just full of his drawings and yeah. i was like this is cool like and i looked up to him and so yeah. i was like i want to do this and how old so, were you like when you when you like when, when, when you're referring happened? back like what what age is this oh i was like four five little. six i was yeah i was cool. little and then so i would do that like i, I would like just draw and then I, when i tried it on my own at first like i sucked and then i discovered tracing yeah yeah and then you and gotta then I, kind of like learn the proportions like that yeah yeah and so i i would trace like comic books and stuff like that mm -hmm. like you know like stills and whatnot i was always tracing like the covers of like our vhs tapes Oh, that's cool. <laughs> like, you know, it's trying to trace like the cover of The Little Mermaid mm -hmm. or like yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And, it's, and it's funny that you bring that up because one of my earliest memories, like of one of the first good drawings that I ever did was of Mickey Mouse. Cool. So like Mickey Mouse was like one of, one of the first good drawings that I remember doing. Whenever I hear people say that they drew a lot as a kid, I was one of one. I was I'm curious, like it did you feel like did were you practicing like did you draw the same thing over and over again until you got it good like 
how did you decide what to draw? Were you kind of like, no, this isn't good enough. Let me do it again. Like, what was it like? Yeah, it was a lot of that. I don't know. I don't recall if I would ever draw the same thing over and over again. Maybe like same character in different poses. Sure, kind of that's thing. kind of what I mean. Like trying yeah. to get it right. Yeah. So like just like just drafting. Do, yes. Doing that. And so, yeah, I guess you could say that. like I would do that a lot. Yeah. You know, practice my shading. I never really got like too deep into the drawing because yeah. I, I would always, I, I kind of like transitioned away from that. Yeah. Into like I just dabbled in a bit of everything. It's, I was like that as a kid too. And in retrospect, I sometimes wonder if it's like, you know, this is why I like to talk with people about their childhoods because some of the guests that I interview, like, they emerged as such young children with like a strong medium and they stayed with that medium like into adulthood. Mm -hmm. And I think some of us, and I, I feel like I would identify with this, are just creative and kind of like being creative with like whatever tools you have around right. and like paper and pencil is just pretty common. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, so it, it's, I think it's a common way for, for young kind of exploratory minds to begin. Right. So I, and, and I feel that and I constantly like created like things in my environment. You know, I grew up with a lot of friends that would tag and then I, I would eventually like tag up myself, you know, yeah. like on the streets and whatnot. I didn't get like too into that either. Like it was like small little, you yeah. know. What else? What else were you doing that was creative? And like um, one of my like pet themes is like I love the idea that creativity like happens in our minds. So, you know. Like, were you taking, were you reading comics? Were you like really into any sh like shows or music? Mm -hmm. Like just what was your like creative inspiration and like input and output as a kid? So yeah, I would, I would read comics. Like I would, re I would read my cousin's comics. I would do that. I would watch TV like uh shows like what did I draw? Johnny Bravo. I remember I was a kid and I loved Johnny Bravo. And then I yeah. just like drew johnny bravo everything to the point where like my yeah. third or second grade teacher was like uh could you draw something else <laughs> <That's> <laughs> funny. and i'm like no johnny bravo's cool man <laughs> johnny bravo has a triangle body yeah right am i yeah, picturing yeah. the right guy like, tiny yeah. little tiny little tiny legs little like legs. huge upper or, yeah. upper torso and yeah. like with that big old blonde yeah. pompadour <laughs> yeah funny. i just i don't know why i thought he was like so cool with like when i looked back on the show he was such a loser <laughs> well i wonder if it's just like the visual like the stylization of the the figures well it was a show i like yeah. the show the show was hilarious yeah. you know yeah. so like stuff like that i would watch that dragon ball z like yeah. i would love i love movies like yeah like it's kind of like i'm still i'm still like a pretty big cinephile so i i would always always love movies like if there was one medium that like stuck with me it's it's performing yeah. and, and and i never performed I never performed like in middle school or or in, or in high school. I did like those elementary school like plays. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, what about your family? Is there are there creatives in the family? How was your creativity like received? My the, the creative in my family was most likely my my cousin. That cousin. My cousin, yeah. but my mom has. Um, I've seen her draw before, yeah. and they're actually really good. I you hear know, this like, from a lot of my guests, like. The like the mom or the dad was like a like a like a sneaky creative like yeah. like you see it you see it like peeking out yes yeah. and I've definitely seen it my dad's not like that my mom is and and I kind of like recently thought about like 
how she is when she cooks because sometimes she just yeah. like takes creative avenues when Beautiful. it comes to her cooking. I love it. And and so do I. Like yeah, yeah. I I fancy myself a good cook yeah and sometimes i just like playing around with like it's so much fun yeah i found food to be like one of my favorite mediums as an adult i think you know i loved music as a child but now that it's my profession it can't be a release in the same way I and i found cooking to be like my my favorite you know creative like hobby yeah music isn't really a hobby anymore it's like it's work i mean yeah. i still love it but um, right. it's not quite it doesn't quite feel the same i f- i f- understand yeah. that yeah because that's kind of how i feel about the performing arts like sometimes i'm watching a movie or a play right. or something and then I'm preoccupied like, yeah well yeah. it's just like i'm i find myself analyzing it too much yeah yeah where before like i just like sit back and just like awe at it and yeah. i still do that yeah you know don't get me wrong sometimes no, no, I totally get it. I, I get it with music for sure. Like, you know, you can just hear like how how much someone's auto-tuned or like, mm-hmm. you know, it makes me think about the singing differently or like, you know, I'm thinking about the rhyme schemes and like the, you know, of a song. And I don't know that much about like cinematography, but I know just enough from like, I like to listen to podcasts made by like other creatives and I talk to a lot of film people. So I feel like I know like just enough that I can kind of, I'm aware of the camera in a way that like, it just gives me enough of a clue of how like actual film people like must see shows and movies. Like you're just seeing like, you're seeing the lighting crew like just off oh, screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you, like you're, you, you can't be like lost in the fantasy, like someone yeah. who doesn't like understand that world. Right. You can like picture like a, you know, a boom mic, like mm-hmm. <laughs> right on top of like right above where the camera is. Yeah. And that's like, that's like kind of interesting because you wonder like sometimes certain parts of a movie like move you yeah, yeah. and and, or you, when you're, or like for my instance, when I'm watching a show, like a theater show live and it, like, it just moves me. And I'm like, it's sometimes it's like, I get snapped out of it because I think about like, oh, okay, now they have to run off stage, right. you know, for a quick change right. and all that stuff. And then you have to like run back on and then you you have to be back on. Yeah. The smoke and mirrors is like disturbed because yeah. you, you know how the sausage is made. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in some ways it's also like incredible. Like, yeah. Cause I, I frequently also find the opposite of like, if people would appreciate this so much more if they could understand like how perfect, how perfectly executed that was. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, you get to appreciate it in like another level, but then like you kind of, that original level is sort of like destroyed. <laughs> like you can't oh, quite oh, get yeah. there. <laughs> I saw a video of this one actor that was performing. What were they doing? I think it was like... I wanted to say it's like the Wizard of Oz or or something or like, and they had to do a quick change. It was an actor that was doubling. And so like he went off stage. They did like a quick change like that. It was crazy. It was was like a NASCAR pit crew, but it was like costumes. And so like, yeah, if you think about it, sometimes it can take you out of the moment, but if you, but it can also just as like what happens yeah, behind the behind totally. the stage behind the scenes is also just as fascinating it's art as too. what you're seeing. Yeah, I totally agree. In fact, I like I get really into that stuff. Like a lot of the things that make me get like lit up about art are kind of like those behind the scenes things. Like there's so much magic and just there's so much creativity in like solving those problems. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah. I agree. Um, Okay. I want to know like maybe one more thing about your childhood. Did you like, 
did people in your childhood, including yourself, like see you as a creative? Like, were you kind of as a little kid, like, you know, identifying yourself as like a, like a slightly different brand of child or was that something that kind of like evolved later? Mm, I, I would probably say like everyone kind of, anyone that was paying attention to me could have said that I was a creative child, you know, my mom, yeah. my, my sister for sure. Yeah. But I don't know if it was like necessarily, um, nurtured or, okay. yeah. Can or you tell like, me more? Like how did they talk about it with you or like, what was it like? My mom didn't like what I drew. Okay. <laughs> she, but my mom's like very like Catholic and she like, she's like, why don't you just draw angels or something? And I'm okay. over here like yeah. drawing Spider-Man villains. Edgy. How dare it be Spider-Man villains? <laughs> <laughs> so like, she was just like, Oh, these are so like monstrous and hideous. Yeah. And I'm like, these are cool. Like, but yeah. Yeah. So they, how did you receive it? Were you just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. These are cool. Like mom, you're old school or like, yeah, that's exactly how I would receive it. So there was that, but then when, I mean, not necessarily my childhood, but my early adulthood, when I, my, the first, my first attempt at going to college, when I went to Weber state and I wanted to do art, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do yet, but I, I went there and then I told my parents like, Oh, I'm studying like art right now. Like, I'm just like, I think I was just a generalist. Yeah. And my parents were like, what are you going to do with that? Yeah. And I'm it's like, hard. And, I, and I couldn't answer it at the time yeah. because I was still like one, I'm like a first generation college student. So I'm like sure. barely figuring out sure. how to navigate college. Yeah. And two, like, yeah, I wasn't like, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do with it. I just knew that I wanted to create. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard. I, I get it. I mean, even just like last night I was talking with Andrew, my husband. And like, like I said, I mean, I've been, making like every dollar from something music related for like 12 years now. And Andrew asked me last night, he was like, you know, how do you feel about your work-life balance? And I was like, this is never going to be a question that I can answer. Cause like, it's always changing. Like mm-hmm. it depends on what project I'm working on. It depends on what opportunities there are. It depends on whether there's a pandemic. Like, yeah. Our, I mean, <laughs> and this is true to some extent for any profession, but mm-hmm. I think the sheer nature of like, like when creativity is the main thing that you're doing, you know that like you're going to be moving into like something brand new every year, every month, every couple of years. And therefore like there's an inherent instability in that, that we choose, you know, like we know it's not that we're not aware, but it's just like, I don't know. (laughs) We, we want it and we need it. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. It's like, I would say, I mean, our profession is always like an amoeba. Like it's always kind of like moving. Yeah, totally. Evolving, shaping itself. It's form taking you places. Yeah. Yeah, Like, you know, and, and even when it feels stagnant, like like nothing's happening right now like something is happening if that makes sense because yeah yeah because like that's kind of how i feel right now like even though like my shows are canceled i'm like damn like i'm not doing anything right now but then uh, but but i'm not like that's not true like i'm brewing yeah thinking about stuff you're thinking about people right well like but i'm also like writing a a couple of that's what i mean you're like and if you're a writer you're literally always doing research like every interaction you have with anyone is like Mm -hmm you're you're sifting through it in a different way like yeah you're actively creative like in everything you see i would imagine yep everything yeah. every single thing were you like that as a kid like yes. paying attention like that oh man i was uh, i was always like aloof like yeah. like halfway paying attention halfway not to yeah. like teachers and like yeah, yeah. parents like 
stuff like that like because they would say something and I, I don't know i might have like undiagnosed adhd i'm not sure but it, we all i mean i think all of us <laughs> as creatives kind of wonder sometimes like am i neurodivergent like yeah is there something different going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like yeah. yeah i was always kind of like you know just thinking of something you know and then and then once i got good at drawing i just started like whatever i thought all, about yeah. i was i was able to put down on paper um did the adults in your life like f did they find that aloofness like did you did you get negative feedback about it or were, could you kind of like go under the radar like how did how did you begin to like like I'm curious about how as children when we're so um impressionable the way that adults receive us or our peers like how it begins to inform like how we think about who we are what's valuable about us do you have any memories like about that kind of thing? Yeah. Um, I think I got a lot of nurturing or, or, or at least like positive feedback from, from my friends because cool. like I would draw and they'd be like, Oh, that's so cool. Can you draw yeah. me something? And then like, sometimes I'd draw people something. Sometimes I wouldn't, you know, it just yeah, depends. Yeah. And then like, or like that, or I would sometimes when I started getting into writing, I started writing like, Poetry, bad poetry. When? What, uh, how old? <laughs> when I started writing poetry, I was like 17, 18, like 19, awesome. stuff like it. that, you know, just. That's vulnerable. Yeah. And so like, yeah. but some, every once in a while I'd write something pretty decent and then I yeah. share it to like my best friend and then like, I'm just like nervous. I'm like, like he's what reading it and I'm like, Ugh. and then he, he would like turn back to me. He's like, that's like real good. That's like real good. Good man. Like, that's awesome. I always have this feeling like even still, like when I show someone something, like whether it's something I'm handing them or, you know, pushing play, like there's this like there's this like little moment where I want to do a take back be like, never mind, Don't, like, don't no, listen no, to it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> never mind, Don't look at it. <laughs> yeah. No, I am the same. I am the same way. Uh, like I wrote my first play two, is it two years ago now. Yeah. yeah 2020. The, wow. Time flies. It, what is time? Well, pandemic time. That's a whole it, other it's thing. It's like long and short. Yeah, though. Yeah. It really, because it doesn't feel like 2022. It still feels like 2020. <laughs> Last night I was talking about 2016 and I said like, you know, six years ago. And then I was like, what? Wait, what? Like, <laughs> anyway, go ahead. No, but I was, uh, I was saying I wrote my first play uh, in, in, the in the midst of a pandemic because it was like, I, I took a, I enrolled in an advanced playwriting class cool. and uh, my professor had enough faith in me to be like, yo, you don't have to do the. Yeah. The, you know the beginning playwriting class she was just yeah. like just join this one and i was like okay great but anyways i wrote a play that was like the one the only thing i think that i have ever written and i'm happy that it was my first play that i never felt like this is this is bad yeah you yeah. know like i wrote yeah. it and i was like wow this, this is, is actually good. real good i mean yeah there were a couple of grammatical errors here <laughs> and there but like of course but the overall yeah. plot was like like so, i was solid. like yeah. yeah that's great so so when you were in high school, um, what kind of role was creativity playing like in your, in your teen years? In my teen years, oh man, honestly, just, I, I like tagging because when I was in high school, that's what I was doing. So How a lot did of you my, get into that? I mean, I hear you saying your friends were doing it, but like, tell me more. I don't, I don't know that much about like, like tagging and graffiti and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Like I had friends that would, you know do i didn't i didn't have a like a 
stupid good like graffiti like artist as a friend a lot of them were just really good at like playing with their letters kind of kind of thing you know what i mean and so i got into that one of my friends um he i uh, his name is gabriel and uh he was really good on paper i don't i don't think he ever really did giant pieces like on on big walls how does it work like I mean, do do people like plan where they're gonna put a, a piece? Like, do they design something for like a specific wall? How much of it is like impromptu? Like, d- tell me, tell me more. A lot of it is, I would say, it's just you know, just depends on the artist. You know, like, and in a lot of places, it's illegal. You know, and or yeah. you know, you just so you just see. I, I don't know. Like, so the best example that I can give you is when i was doing a show at solid acting company last year in the summer and they have this like wall by their parking lot and then one day i was just having lunch by like there by the area like in my car or something and then i saw the wall and i was like something needs to go on that it's like because it just looks like a blank canvas like it should have something so like so like like any artist you see something and it it mm. needs to be filled. You see a canvas, like, oh, yeah. and there needs to be paint on that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like yeah. that's kind of yeah. how I would describe it because that's how I sometimes see walls or how sure. I see a blank piece of paper, like, or yeah. you know, something that's totally not filled. I think it's something that's kind of misunderstood. Hopefully, like, you know, I don't know. Actually, I've been reaching out to a couple of like muralists and like graffiti artists um, for, to interview on the podcast too. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I feel like it's like, it, I'm really curious about like the ethos. Cause I have to imagine, and, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is like a, an incorrect assumption. There's like, you know, different kinds. Like there's, you know, maybe people who like are considering themselves artists and like take it very seriously. And some people who are like, just it, like it's, it's not thoughtful. It's just like, um, vandalism yeah for some people it's definitely vandalism um and i would say there's even like an in-between because you know like other people would tag over somebody else's name or you know gang or set or whatever you know whatever was there so it's like so it's mostly about like marking property even though that property is not yours you know what i mean it's just like it's just like this is our turf this is our area this is where we're at and then people come along so like yeah so in that sense it's you know just graffiti and vandalism right you know destruction of property kind of stuff but then you have people like like professional graffiti artists yeah that like that play around with letters what's it called um it's, there's a there's like a a word for it. I can't. It's not typography. Um, I think it might be typography. But yeah, typography but just, is like designing letters. Yeah. So it's yeah. just so it's like it's just playing with your letters. Yeah. Like that's really all it is, cool. and just being creative with like how yeah. you how can you twist it, how can you distort it, how can you make cool. it yourself. Yeah. You know, like what colors can you add to like make it pop? Yeah. Like how 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 readable can you make it, and yeah. how. how like complex can you make it right you know, right so like pushing kind of that boundary between like readability and like abstract abstraction yeah. and so yeah. and so it's just plain that's all cool. it is and like that's, that's awesome. kind of that's kind of, that's one of the like when i was doing that like on my own book it was like it was just a, ske- a sketchbook right. like i just i just played around with like different letters and like just yeah. you know distorting them and stuff like that and in your teen years like i'm i'm 
I say this on the podcast all the time, but I'm so interested in like human development and the way that our creative development, like couples along with that, like, you know, nature versus nurture, like, you know, what of our creative stuff is like in our personality? How does it change based on our environment? And mm-hmm. then in your teenage years, when like, you know, developmentally, we're like, we're, we're really kind of struggling with identity. A lot of times we're trying to kind of like, you know, make our way into like, you know, what kind of an adult am I going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, Can it, is it your, um, yeah. I don't your know. hard drive maybe? I don't know. I like, so every time, like after I do a couple of interviews, like I delete a bunch, like I try to keep, like I try to keep a lot of memory, like on the computer. It's not an old computer. So right. I just really don't know. Hmm. But yeah, I, well, I have heard cause the, the year that I bought this computer, I read that like a lot of computers that were kind of made at that, at that year, like have these kind of problems where like they stop suddenly, like in specifically in like logic and pro tools and maybe final cut. Uh, so I don't know. It might just be that, but anyway, right. I try to, be, I try to like <laughs> keep a pretty close eye on it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I, I, so I, I'd love to hear you talk about like, you know, internally or, or externally, like, you know, how big a part and it's okay if it wasn't, but how big a part was creativity in kind of like your, you know, this like identity formation that you're kind of going through in your teens. Like, how did you self-reflect about it? Was it something you were kind of like presenting to others as like, I think this is who I am or how, what, what was going on? No, I, I was, so in my teen years, like I was never really like that. That's all I was doing, honestly, that. And then when I moved here, when I was 16, I didn't have 16, okay. a lot of avenues yeah. because I was like one, I was like bummed out because I just left all of my friends. And such like a rich, like a much more diverse culture. Yeah. And then I came here in and LA. I'm like, like Utah, it's weird. And then totally. like, it was just, it was like, a, just a, a culture shock, you know, like in a sense. And so the only thing that I was really diving myself into and I, I was not creating, I was more just taking in was yeah. music and movies. Cool. So during, during the, those times it was just music and movies. And then like when I moved over here is when I started listening to more like, rock alternative stuff because all i listened to prior to that was like hip-hop r&b um like rap i mean you know just like soul motown stuff totally uh and what i grew up listening to which is like a lot of uh you know norteños yeah like you know a lot of music in spanish where's your family from i am they're from mexico okay yeah and so i'm i'm full mexican uh just was born in the states so yeah yeah mexican-american i studied (laughs) like a little bit of um like i have a master's degree in music so i've studied i've you know studied a bit of like music from places that aren't like western culture um so i was wondering like which kind of region but yeah cool oh yeah man that's awesome i would like to know more about that i wish i knew more about that (laughs) you know but i know a little bit like i did like a i did a a, um a research project in my master's degree about like peruvian like andean flute music Mm -hmm. so like i know some stuff about that and then when i was in college i was in like a a female acapella like sextet so like six six of us women um and and everything we sung was like either spanish or portuguese or like indigenous mm-hmm. languages but the main songwriter for the group she's colombian and so i don't know i like i i know some things right no 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 i feel you no it's just like um so i i listen to whatever makes i don't know something just pop yeah. in my head and i'm like this 
that trigger, that trigger that says, yeah. you like this, you know? So I listen to whatever that is. And so you got into rock yeah. when you moved here? Mm-hmm. I got cool. into rock. I started listening to it, like a lot of email stuff, you know? Yeah. And I was like, this is fitting because I feel very emotional right now. Yeah. And so I'm going to listen to a lot of, a lot more emo stuff. And so like, it really resonated with me. So I, I got into a lot of that and and so, and I guess like every once in a while I'd go out to like a concert and yeah. whatnot, but I didn't really do anything until, I, until I started working at like, at a, it, it was called Hastings in Ogden and now it's called it? Entertain Mart. It's essentially like, like a FYE. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so like, for the listener, like a, like a media store. Yeah. Like yeah, how yeah, Blockbuster yeah. used to be, but there's more than that. Right. Well, right. But there's like, like also games so it's like, and yeah, like music movies games and they and they sold instruments there and so okay cool and then that got me curious and then i was listening to this music and then i was like i'm gonna buy a guitar (laughs) so so i bought a guitar and then when i was like 18 19 that's when i started like being creative again through my angsty teenage poetry and And then I never created any songs. I just played. Like yeah. I just, I just learned how to play the guitar. I think creativity, like I said before, like we, I think our culture, we're so productivity obsessed in our mm-hmm. culture. Like this capitalist culture is so like, what are you doing? What are you producing? And I feel like creativity is like equal parts an internal skill, or maybe it's even like an iceberg where like the top is like the productivity, and then there's like this huge thing underneath that's like, mm-hmm. you know, the the input that you're taking in like the observation that you're doing like it's not productive in any way that someone could see but like i just believe that those those pieces are like phenomenally valuable i i 100 agree and using your iceberg uh metaphor you know like i feel like what you see on top of this like on the surface yeah. is is the product of something but underneath underneath that you know how they say the ice most of the icebergs mass is underneath the water right. i feel like a lot of that is just like the idea right. the thoughts you know the research the time that you put in yeah you even know. just like the self-development yeah. like you know like the years that you as a person are like going through something like if i think if you're a creative like if that's part of your identity like you you it, it informs like everything you kind of do and think. And if you're a creative person and you're going through something, you might not be thinking at all. Like, what am I going to write about this? But like, you're just thinking about it. Like you're just feeling things in like a, maybe a thoughtful way, maybe a curious way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like those things are like, they're important. Like when, when creatives tell me they have a, like a dormant period, I'm always like, but was it really? Yeah. But <laughs> like, is it what was going like, on in there? Yeah. Cause I don't think, cause there's, there's always something happening in my head. Like right. I, I know that much. And so it's just like, Oh, I could, I could do this. I can write about that. Um, I think I do that too often. I think sometimes oh, yeah. I like think too much and I don't do. And, and then, and I know like, I'm guilty of that too. And so yeah. I know what you're saying yeah. when it comes to that. Um, were, so you said you were the first person in your family to go to college when you were like in high school. Did you have like, were you, were like trying to be a good student? Was there like any kind of pressure there regarding like that kind of thing? No, no. I was was actually a pretty, pretty bad student. (laughs) Like ninth and 10th grade, I was a pretty bad student because like, I don't know. You don't have an example. You don't have like, oh, go ahead. You can tell your own story. All I want to say is. I have empathy for it and I get it, but tell, yeah. tell your story. No, 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 no worries. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like I, in retrospect, I did like my friends, but they, I don't think the group yeah. of friends that I was with sure. were, 
any better, you know, led or navigated to some of some of them had great families some of them yeah. didn't kind of thing you yeah, know and so yeah. that was kind of reflective of what it was i didn't like school they didn't like math like math was like the one thing i was really i was always good at english Interesting. english yeah. and creative writing so like looking back but when i moved here yeah. i uh started getting better grades but i wasn't really like thinking about going to college okay. i just thought that's what you had to do sure you know and so looking back uh yeah, that's kind of what I, I would say happened during so my So when you started getting better grades when you moved here, was it kind of like an accident? Like you just had different friends and like maybe different teachers or were you like, I'm going to get better grades now? No, I had no friends. That's okay. <laughs> that's why. So like You had I, no distractions. And then at first I I was I was like, okay, I want to go back because I I have I have two siblings. I have an older sister and a younger brother. Okay. And I told my mom at the time or I asked her like if I get like straight A's or whatever like can I move back can sure. I live with my sister yeah and then she you was like, like if, a... if you if you can do that if you can do straight A's because prior to that my 10th grade year I was like failing every class yeah, yeah, yeah. and so I, I don't think she had enough so like interesting how quickly it can change that's why like that's why I'm I'm really interested in like identity like how we self-identify because you know, if you hadn't just been put into a different environment, maybe you would have always gotten bad grades and then you would have thought like you're a person who gets bad grades. But yeah. it's it's so but it's like it's our mistake maybe sometimes as humans to like assign those kinds of things like to our identity. But mm -hmm. we do it. I don't know. I'm I'm really interested in those kinds of things. Right. I mean there's there's moments in everybody's life where like there's like a like a moment of uh motivation, sure. you know, like a spark that like gets you motivated to do something to yeah. change parts of yourself or parts of your life. Yeah. 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 Not that it's like, you know, one's a good or one's a bad even like, I mean, I think there's plenty of people who just don't have the, um, the right learning style to like be in, you know, American public schools and thrive there. I like, completely agree. That's yeah. why, like, it's funny that you say that because reflecting back on my high school experience, when we came here, uh, I didn't learn about Da Vinci School of Arts in Ogden uh, until after I had graduated from high school. Yeah. But like I had friends that I met in college and after that were like, oh, what school did you go to? Look, I went to Da Vinci. It's like, what's that? It's like, it's a, yeah. it's a school for arts. It's like, damn. Like, I, you don't even know. I should have yeah. gone to there. Totally. I should and have gone to that school. The number of things that have to align for that to happen are like, you know, you have to have parents that are aware of it or a teacher that really advocates for you or like a friend who happens to know. Yeah, I think about this kind of stuff all the time. And, you know, even even as creatives, like at this point in my life, almost everyone I know is a professional artist. Like, <laughs> like you know, I, um, so this is like the world that we're in, but even as creatives, I feel like we like, we assign like identity markers to people willy nilly sometimes. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it, we'll call someone a prodigy, but like the truth is like their parents are artists and they were given like the best opportunities and the best education. Yeah. And like you might, you know, you, you very well and probably could and would have been like the same if you had like the same opportunities, you know, and yeah. me and any of us, you know, it's just, well, that's, Oh, sorry. Go, no, go ahead. Well, that, 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 no, no, you're all good. Um, that's why when, so I have, I have two nieces and a nephew my sister's kids and um my her her middle child 
um, she is a creative. She is like a little artist. Yeah. Because we, we all lived together for a while, like a few years ago. And they were both, at the time, my, my nephew and my niece uh, were going to um, like a charter school. Okay. Right. Yeah. And my nephew was doing good because he, he, he can, he, he just has a different style of yeah. learning. And yeah, my yeah. niece sometimes would struggle like sure. with certain things because she's just so like la da da. And, yeah, yeah. and then, you know, being in that same environment with them, I was able to pick it up. I was like, she she's is not, something. she is not, she's not going to flourish in this school yeah. because this is not the way that she thinks. She's an, right she's an artist she's a creative she's yeah. always like drawing something or like painting something or like you know gluing things like sparkles yeah. and stuff to to whatever you know yeah. making secret potions she's got a vision yeah and i'm like she's an artist you need to put her in an artist school yeah, like yeah. Like, a, like an art school i mean and totally. then and now she's going to salt lake arts academy good and my nephew is going to so they're not going to the same school anymore but you know like she deserves to like go to a school where she's able to like explore her creativity and i asked my sister the other day like how has that been since she's uh gone and she said that she's like much happier she's like that's amazing feels like a little bit more confident herself you know she's still like a little anxious and like of course but i mean that might never go away. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think like part of the reason I'm so obsessed with this, like, you know, this will be like my 130th interview or something. So if you imagine like, you know, 130 conversations like this with different artists, like I'm like, I'm obsessed with like, tr- I want to know like, what is the artist? <laughs> like, I'm very interested mm-hmm. in like, what is this thing that we call like this person's an artist? Like, what does it mean? And I think part of the reason I'm kind of obsessed with it is like, you know, I, the way that I remember my childhood, like it was never, I was never not going to be a creative. Like I, I think I tried hard not to be because it was so, um, undervalued in my family structure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I remember being a child, like I have, I, it's even less of like a a visual memory and more just like a feelings memory. Mm -hmm. But like, I remember this feeling of just like feeling so different and feeling so like, you know, like I was like, something was wrong. And, uh, and it's so curious to me as an adult that like, even as much as I kind of part of me wanted those things to like, not be true about myself as a child, Mm -hmm. like, they just persisted. <laughs> like it's the resilience of that yeah. thing is t- is such a testament to the fact that it it is something. Like it's like mm. a, it's something. And I think I'm just like I'm so curious to hear other artists' stories of like, did you notice it? Like did you feel it? Like what does it feel like now? Do you yeah. feel like you could be doing any number of other things, or is it like I'm going to be making stuff because that's just what my brain knows yeah i'm obsessed and and it's funny that you say that like but you didn't that you tried not to be a creative because i definitely went through that part of my life too like um and feeling like how i i didn't quite like fit in sometimes like you know that that feeling i do um and so like i remember when i was like 18 19 again and uh, like even the group of friends that i had then i even though I got along with them, like, fine, we all hung yeah. out. Like, I just, I, like, I, I just felt, Something. I felt a little bit different. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. And so, like, I, I pulled myself away from that group of friends. And then I tried to, like, I tried to not be a creative. I tried to get in a job at a bank. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a banker or something, you know? Yeah. Like, started off as a teller, but 
Yeah, and then things change, you know, like you realize that this is who this you is are. Going away. You know, like you're because yeah. at around that same time I was still playing the guitar. I was still writing. Yeah. And so like it's you know, like you just you just know. And then yeah, looking back, I feel the same way too. I was yeah. like, I, I I was always gonna be some kind of creative person. Like I yeah. was always drawing, I was writing, I was playing an instrument, you yeah. know, just like just hungry, like searching for it. Yeah, crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think as a little kid too, like I, so I have these, I have these like really visceral, like feelings, memories. Like I can remember like the certain, the exact like type of like tightness and like, you know, it's like a little bit fear and a little bit anxiety and a little bit maybe disgust or something. Like I, I remember these feelings about kind of my own like differences, but I also remember just being like, I don't know, bro. Like the way that I see things is cool though. Like I also remember being little and just being like, but like no one else is noticing these flowers on this bush. Like I am Uh like, I, I, it's like, there's both like, and I, and I felt like really confused about that as a child. And I sometimes (laughs) feel confused about it as an adult too. Like, like sometimes I feel like really excited about the fact that my brain will sort of like, let me live in a fantasy world. Oh my God. (laughs) In just like these little moments, like in tiny little moments, like, you know, just being a person in the world, like I feel like I'll see something like precious and beautiful Mm -hmm. in just like a little scene. And like, I love that. But then also sometimes I feel like Emily, like you need to like get into reality. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It's like a constant, like I, I'm always wondering like, is the joke on me? Like, am I, (laughs) am I like stupid Yeah. or like, am I, is this a gift? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I know exactly. And it's so funny that you say that because like even as a kid, I thought differently too. Like yeah. I, I remember like a point in my life when I was like, I don't know, like really little where I thought like, am I like the only person? Because like only I can see from my eyes. Like yeah. I can't see from anybody else's eyes. And so right. it felt like it was like a moment in my childhood where I felt like, like, it, like, am I in the Truman Show right now? Like kind of like thing, you know, like, totally. you know what I mean? Like, what is that? It's so weird. Yeah. So I... <laughs> Totally get what you mean. Yeah, and then like sometimes, so my um my parents are both like narcissistic, and like I had a kind of an abusive childhood experience, and like one thing that I think about a lot lately is like this kind of like, am I the only person? Which I think is like, it's just this like rich inner world of like you know this creative vision, but like occasionally I'm like, wait, am I being like, am I being narcissistic? Like, am I like? You know, it really trips me out. And I, I suspect it will be something that will continue to kind of trip me out oh, yeah. throughout my life. Like, it's just <laughs> like a, it's a weird experience. Yeah, because I, ha- I also have to do that, too. Like, yeah. I have to snap, back, snap myself back into reality. It's like, all right, man, get yeah. it together. <laughs> I, told my ther- I told my therapist the other day, like, I just started working with a new therapist, so he doesn't know me that well. Um, and I was telling him, like, I don't trust my perspective sometimes. Like, I can't tell, like which things I'm like imagining and which things are like real, (laughs) like, and Mm. even just in like conversations or like, you know, I don't know. Like I, I told him like, I really have a hard time knowing like where I stand in a situation. (laughs) Oh man. You're like (laughs) just hitting it on the head. Cause I did, it's, I did that literally right before I came here. (laughs) I was like, I had like quiet time for myself. And then, and then I was just like thinking about like past experiences and I'm, just kind of like where I, where I am in my life now, the things that I had experienced prior to being here. And I'm just like, I'm just thinking, did that happen? Like, did that really happen? Totally. And, and then like, and then I have to like 
tell myself like yeah man it happened which is why you're here you right know? or like am i storytelling this like i yeah i have the i have these things too and then i'll like you know that's why we journal you know that's why we like yes that's why we like write things so that you know when we as creatives can get a little like untethered from reality that's like that's part it's a good thing it's like part of how we do what we do but like you know we can kind of like anchor back check in yeah yeah no i should i'm bad at journaling i'm i'm okay sometimes and then like i'll go like a whole three months well, without just doing like it. social media i think is helpful like if you know that you're kind of like honest on social media that can be like a journal like you can scroll back and be like no 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 like oh my god <laughs> i was stressed out that week like i was stressed out that year like that year was really hard yeah <laughs> like, oh man no i hate those facebook reminders like because i've been on facebook now to to like ex to look back on where i yeah, was yeah. in certain points of my life and then like things that i wrote on my facebook like 10 years ago pop up sometimes and like i oh, remember just like, remember Ow. remember what you wrote and i'm like no i don't <laughs> want to remember what i wrote delete <laughs> i know i feel the same way i'm like oh it's, it's so rude like how dare you facebook remind me of like, it's like remember how cringy you were <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I feel the same way uh, but remember you... when you were trying to grow your hair out and you had a weird mullet for like a year and a half <laughs> <laughs> um is there so i want to like talk about your college experience but since you're young, I feel like we can spend like a lot of time on like these, like when I'm interviewing someone who's in like their seventies, I'm like, all right, we got to keep it moving. You've got a lot of life to tell me about. Um, but I, but let's, before we talk about like getting into college and kind of like, and what you're doing now, um, do you want to say anything or tell the listeners anything about like, um, what it's like to be like a first generation American, anything about what you feel like it's like to like any, um, anything you want to say about like race or you know how how you feel those things like interact with your creative experience like in utah in america mm -hmm. i got you uh Any insight you want to share everyone every first generation person is going to have a different perspective obviously right yeah. so my perspective is just uh i grab i i wrestled a lot with identity yeah. what like growing up being a you know like my parents are from mexico i i grew up here in the united states and you know I, and i would visit mexico um from time to time uh growing up and stuff and but like i, I do remember like growing up kind of like I, I i wouldn't even say like feeling embarrassed i would probably maybe maybe a little bit embarrassment like because i didn't quite understand my parents culture yeah. at least not yet I didn't learn that until recently, honestly, like I, like until I was, it, what gave me a better perspective of them, who they were, their culture and how it affected me was when I went to China, when I, okay. when I, when I lived in China for eight months, Yeah, it, it made me understand their struggle when they came over here because I was over there and I couldn't speak the language yeah. and I couldn't read any of the signs. Like I, I and so I can, oh, I, I, it gave me that perspective of like, that's most likely how they felt coming over here, you know, like coming to the United States, yeah. you know, not, not speaking the language, not knowing how to read a lot of the signs that are out there, sure. you know, like just making connections wherever you can, you know, that that's, I think that's why the community is so strong is because we all kind of stick together. Right. But being a, a first generation for me, like it was a struggle because, um, especially going into college, I didn't know how to navigate college. Right. That that was like, 
I didn't have my parents didn't go to college. Their 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 highest level of education is third and fifth grade, respectively, wow. because they had to help right. their families. Yeah. I will handle this. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> I don't expect you I'm to have so, a perfect memory. Of what no, you had no, you're okay. About. I'm sorry that you, like this is happening. This I'm is sorry too. Yeah, it's, I don't know what's going on. I think it is just like, I think it might be like a software glitch, but anyway, whatever. We'll fig, it's, say la vie. Um, <laughs> que sera. Uh, so we, we Pedro, Pedro and I have been talking for um, maybe 10 minutes without the recording on. That's my bad slash Matt Apple's bad. Yeah, it was some real <laughs> juicy stuff too. It was good stuff. So I can't remember exactly like where we what we were talking about, but I think I think where it was is we were talking about perspective mm-hmm. and how being like first generation American has um affected your creativity and kind of like made you aware of perspective. Um and then we were also talking about just your experience just like not being white in America. Um, oh, man. So, I mean, I know we already talked about it like organically, but mm-hmm. if there's anything you like no. want the listeners to hear. No, you're good. I think as being a well, first generation person of color that is very prideful of their background now, even even though earlier I said that I was I wrestled a lot with identity. Yeah. Um, like I I don't know, like I, I've found myself I find I've found myself to be very welcoming of so much different cultures like in diversity and stuff like that like spending time in china like really helped me like understand the viewpoint of their culture over there and some of their perspectives and mannerisms and things like that you know and then growing up um you know mexican with parents from mexico you know like and they're like in and the way that they act which has obviously like affected me and my mannerism sometimes, you know, stuff like that. And then like, even like where I grew up in LA, like it just give like, and then coming here to Utah yeah. and like, I, and I traveled, I travel a lot too. Like I've traveled to Paris and I traveled to England. Cool. And so like, I get those things and I take in different like cultures too. Like even going to Oktoberfest yeah. was like, yeah an experience because that's like what immersed in German culture right and so this is why I found that interesting that you said that you have a master's in 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 music because you obviously have to listen to different types of music when I went to Oktoberfest a few years ago we walked into this tent I was with like a group of friends of mine and and then they were there was like polka music playing and then I was like what the hell? Like this sounds like the stuff that I grew it's up listening so similar. to. Similar, yeah. And so, yeah. And I'm like, that that's that's crazy. Like yeah. how how is this possible? And so, like I kind of like we looked it up, and it's kind of like something that has been passed down from German to you know Mexican indigenous cultures. That's so when interesting. They went to Mexico, yeah. you know, to do whatever they did over there, you know? right? And and so like, but that kind of stuck. You know? Yeah, I so I've studied a little bit about this too, and I I also find it like the 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 music culture in South America is like a combination of like the indigenous music that was already there, mm-hmm. um, in a way that I think like a lot of the music now I might be like a little bit bullshitting here, like I don't know like <laughs> this part that well, but like the indigenous music of a lot of the the peoples in like North America 
haven't really integrated into like kind of like our broad cultural music here in the way that like indigenous music in South America like has kind of influenced like what's popular music there now. Mm -hmm. But there's also like all of the music from the African diaspora um, from slavery in mm -hmm. South America and then all of this uh, European music. Um, but it seems like there's some like, like because of like, you know, there's more like Spanish music influence, more German music influence, like the music culture in South America is like really um, a combination of like so many things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like a lot of a lot of like South American pop music is really similar to polka. Yeah. And so Who like, knew? it's some of my favorite shit, you know, like, uh, yeah. like I love the accordion. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, like I used to I used to not like this music because like. I don't know. Like, this is what I mean. It's like, I, at, at the time when I was younger, I didn't, I didn't, I, I struggled with being appreciative of yeah. the music that I grew up with. Now sure. I, now I listen to that yeah. shit on my own. What it's I enjoy. great. I love that and stuff. And so, like, yeah. I really, really love it. One of my favorite yeah. bands, uh, they're called Los Tigres del Norte. Yeah. You know? Tigers of the North. Yeah. And they're, they're so fucking awesome. I love yeah. them. But, <laughs> so like, yeah. they're, they're, they're great. But like, it's, I, and that that's this is kind of why I really appreciate music very much is because like if you, if you dive deep enough like there's influence everywhere yeah. like I don't think people realize how much black culture and black music has influenced pop music right. in general totally like, you're not wrong like it's crazy well like, and even like there's a huge revolution in um like academic western western academic music theory right now because so much of like music history as we teach it in colleges has been like so whitewashed and so colonialized um and there's there's like a big movement to like um dramatically change the way that we teach music theory in like you know american universities mm -hmm. um to kind of try to rectify some of that because it, yeah it, even for people who are studying music who are making it their profession who are then going you know teaching other people they're learning it wrong <laughs> like they're learning it in a way that it makes it seem like so eurocentric when like that was never really the case like there was a ton of influence from asian music you know even a really really long time ago mm -hmm. so i don't know but yeah i sorry i went on a little no no i, I love I that went away no like i i just i love hearing about music like well i think one the thing that i was gonna say before when we were recording that i kind of wanted to respond to is like these these perspective building exercises are the 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 meat of what we do as creatives like i think one thing that we all um, kind of have to do, like no matter what our medium is, is have a flexible perspective to learn how to imagine something from a different angle, you know, think outside the box, as they say. And <clears throat> if you've spent your life, um, you know, understanding multiple perspectives as a little kid, like, you know, obviously you can't understand your parents' perspective fully, but like you understand it more than like, you know, another kid in your class is going to understand your parents experience yeah um anyway i just i i have to imagine that that is um yeah like a like a big part of how of, of your creativity yeah no i i think one of the things that has helped me understand my background is actually going back to 
Mexico whenever my parents would go back. I feel so fortunate, so, 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 so fortunate that they were able to do that because a lot of families can't do that. Like yeah. A lot of families can't go back home because they came here, you know, like without a passport, you know, like, yeah. you know, not like or or without like any any documentation that lets them re-enter the country. My parents were very fortunate to have that. And so when they took me and my my siblings, you know, back to where they grew up, it really put a perspective of where they came from and where ultimately I come from. Because I know I didn't grow up, you know, like in their pueblos, like their tiny little towns and, and like, and where like everything is so scarce, like, like, like my my like I said, my mom had to drop out of school in the third grade third because grade. Yeah. she had to help out her dad, you know, farm the fields, yeah. and my dad had to do the same in fifth grade. You know, I had to help his family like yeah. farm the fields, you know, feed the chickens and cows, and you know, like do all yeah. that stuff. And so they definitely came up like when I like when I so I have that picture in my head now. Yeah. So I see where I see where they grow up, and then I see where they're at now. Like we we might not have this, like they might not have this big ass house like on the hills and you know like yeah. living lavish and stuff. But like to yeah. see to see where they've come from, you know, where we used to live in L.A. and then where we're at now, yeah. you know, it's it's actually I feel very fortunate. Yeah. You know, a lot of, a lot of people don't have those opportunities that my parents were able to give me, yeah. and I don't know, like, and then I was able to like really see the poverty that they grew up in. Yeah. Has that been difficult um, as you've, you know, decided to be an artist? Like, do your parents, are they, like, does that cause extra frustration? Because you're, you know, like you were saying before, when our parents say things to us, and I experienced this too, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. of like, what are you going to do with that? Like, do does that, do your parents feel like you're, making choices like to be like less stable as they've worked like towards stability like is that is that a component yeah they get they get kind of they get kind of frustrating and it's not and and i don't i don't dislike them for it you know i i love my parents but um they don't quite get it and i don't i don't i don't expect them to get it i kind of have to like be firm about it and be like like no, I'm going to go to school for theater. Like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then my mom's like, oh, like, you know, like she's, she is appreciative of it. She yeah. like, she's, but she's just like worried because, yeah. you know, she want, they like, you know, they came over here to, they worked so to hard. give us yeah. a good life, the best life that they could. And then I'm over here to <laughs> being a, a fucking artist, yeah. you know? And so like, sometimes it doesn't work out. But this last summer she was like, was the first time she was like pretty mum about it because she saw that I was like in a show. I was in several shows, you yeah. know, like things were happening. I got picked up by a modeling agency, yeah. you know, like, so, so these things were happening. And then, so she was just like, she didn't say anything after That's that. That's great. And yeah. then just recently, because things are kind of like Moving. at a lull, oh, yeah. you know, my shows got canceled and, you know, yeah. theaters are postponing shows yeah. or canceling shows or stuff like that. You know, yeah. she's, 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 she's kind of started up again. Yeah. And she was like, have you thought about going and to tech school or something <laughs> like, yeah. like no it's gonna be fine you know like we just i just and have it to will be fine like i mean the one thing that i wish that we could say to all of our parents is like listen the thing that we are is creative and like we're gonna figure it out and if things get hard 
like that was a choice that we made, Mm -hmm. which is different maybe from having no choices. Like, you know, like if things get difficult, like when there's a pandemic and all of our shows get canceled, that's difficult for us as creatives. But it's also like, I don't know, we, we made conscious choices, like knowing that there might be like periods of great difficulty in our careers. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's kind of what I told her because, and told my parents in general, because they were just like, what are you, what are you going to do? And I'm like. I'm just going to, I'm going to do what makes me happy. Yeah. And this makes me happy, you know, right. like, which is the point. Yeah. yeah and like, that's I, the whole I, reason. I love my profession. I like, and yeah, sometimes, you know, there's moments of sadness and frustration and, you know, like being angry, you know, for whatever reasons or, or, you know, you know what I mean? When you're, when oh, you're yeah. creating, I do. Yeah. but th- I would, <laughs> I would rather feel those things doing something that I love. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's our choice. Like we know there's going to be like, I've said this on the podcast before, but like Elizabeth Gilbert, she wrote like eat, pray, love. Mm -hmm. And she writes about being an artist a fair amount. And she wrote like, you know, everybody has to eat a shit sandwich. We just choose (laughs) like which kind we want. And like creatives (laughs) are choosing like a certain kind, (laughs) right? but it's outweighed because like the things that we do, even though like maybe our income is kind of unstable or we work weird hours Mm -hmm. or like we deal with a lot of rejection, like the, when we get the things that are good, they're so good. They make up for some of that other stuff. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And so, yeah, like she, she is respectful still of yeah. my career like she's very proud of me she's seen me perform like on stage and so how did you get into like doing the mediums you're in now I mean t- t- tell me now about like deciding to go to college for art and then like how you kind of found your way like from there I actually went to college to do zoology at cool. first yeah because I came back from China and I was dating this girl at the time uh we went to China not together but kind of together like she yeah. went first and then she kind of like convinced me to go yeah yeah and then i went and then we came back together and like i came we i came back with like okay i gotta i gotta do something with myself you know like i gotta make something of my life you know like i can't just be like floating around bohemian yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know and so like i like i was like okay i'm gonna go to school i love animals so i'm gonna study animals you know i'm like and I, i like sciences too like i'm fascinated by science stuff and i was working at a coffee shop and then one of my friends was an actor uh, or like had just graduated from Da Vinci okay, to yeah. like the art school that I was talking about earlier. And, and then I was like dabbling in both the zoology classes and in theater classes. So I took a theater class just okay. like, because that's always been like something that I wanted to do. And you didn't I, ever do it in high school. And I've always wanted to do it ever since I was in third grade and I saw Titanic. Cool. That's that's that's. But you, the, didn't do, but you didn't do theater in high school, right? No, that's I, I did not because yeah. I was I was so shy. Like yeah, I was yeah. I was really shy. Like as a kid, like I didn't like, and I and I still kind of don't. You know, like like attention, like look I people like looking at me. Like I also like, am a performer you know who I mean? is shy, so I understand. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> it's that so perf- weird. A lot of performers are like that. <laughs> I know. Like now, I can handle like a conversation or like what if people like come up to me and be like, Oh my God, I guess you were so good in your show. And I'm like, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, stuff like that, yeah. you know, but. So you I, took a theater class. Yeah. First I took, time. Yeah. I took a theater class and then like, and then I went through like a really bad breakup. 
yeah. like a really bad breakup with that girl. And then I was like, uh, I'm just going to like do everything for myself. Like yeah. I'm just going to do whatever I want. Like be, be just like, cause I went to zoology to like kind of, you know, make be, money, yeah. be stable, you be know, a stable person, like yeah. do something that I like and be stable, you yeah. know, but it wasn't like necessarily something that I was like super passionate about. And yeah. I was mostly doing it because I thought, the girl that I was dating at the time, me and her were going to like, you know, settle down and yeah. you know, all that stuff. So I was like planning yeah. ahead and then all that kind of got thrown out the window. Then I just kind of fully immersed myself in theater. Yeah. And, and then like I switched majors because my friend was like, all you're taking is theater classes. Like you don't even, when was the last time you took a zoology class? Yeah. And I was like, you have a point. And so, yeah, it's kind of how I got into it and then just oh. kind of like delved into it. Um, I did my first show in college and that was cool and then things just kind of like i my first year in theater was like really i got really lucky you know did my first show and then after that i uh did in the heights with good company cool and shout out to good company yeah and um, that's how i heard about you yeah because i'm friends with camille yeah yeah no nah, I, I, she's amazing I, yes the washington sisters are fantastic people yeah i only met alicia once i'd like to interview her too but um yeah camille i'm such a fan She's just brilliant, mm. and she's like, it's rare to meet someone who's like so like book smart, brilliant, and like emotional intelligence, brilliant at the same time. Yes, it's really special. I, I agree. Yeah, but yeah, that was my my first year. Like, so I did that, did that, and then I came back to college like the next semester or whatever, and then you know started just getting more involved in the department, you know, just because I just wanted to like soak in as much as yeah. I could because yeah. I just felt like again that, that I missed out, you know, like I was in my head I was thinking I didn't do it in high school, I'm doing it at college now, and like I really really want to do this and I and I feel like I have to catch up, you know, like so yeah. that feeling again. But really, you're still you're just so young, like. This whole idea of like, oh, high school, like these are just such arbitrary, like, yeah, it's just a good reminder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, our lives are flexible. Right. I mean, unpredictable, but flexible. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah, just kind of everything's just been snowballing since then, you know, just getting more opportunities, more experience, yeah. meeting different creatives, like along the way, right. like some of my some of my good friends are performers and actors and stuff like that. So it's just, I, I and I just kind of been in immersed in that ever since. What was it like to combine acting and writing again? Like bring, you know, Oh man, old it's love so awesome. It is so great. Yeah. Like, cause I, I, I don't think I'm too shabby of a writer, you know, like, great. and so, <laughs> and so like, it's been nice. Like I'm, and it's it's great that you brought up that you know like how does your background you know being mexican american i know you didn't say that exactly but you, yeah. but like uh like mesh with being a creative now and but now i'm like okay but i'm also integrating my love for writing yeah. and so like i've been working on scripts cool. so i have I have two scripts that I'm like juggling back and forth, like just writing That's some great. right now I'm working on this, like on a two person play that I hope to get done before Salt Lake fringe is supposed to yeah. start in the summer. Cool. So hopefully it great. works out. And then the other one is actually kind of, the other one is actually kind of like about my perspective 
like I, I, I use it's, I, you, you gotta use what you know right and so yeah. it's essentially kind of like my family cool like a, like a altered version and of are, my these are both like are you interested in film too oh yeah 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 have you written anything for film yet no no not but yet but you will yeah I most likely will in the future you for will sure. <laughs> I'm sure you will yeah have you done film acting too or mostly stage acting no mostly stage um I I kind of did like a film once just keep talking it's no it's no, still no recording no worries no I did I did a commercial a couple years ago for United Way of Northern Utah but I didn't really do anything yeah. like I just kind of like it was mostly like audio yeah and it was like a still of yeah. me as like the camera pen back but that's that's all I've done so far do you would you like to do more oh yeah, yeah. I would cool. love to do more yeah cool. like most definitely um so how are you feeling about art like being an artist lately like what are your how old are you? I'm 31. Okay. I'm turning 34 in a couple of months. So we're like basically the same age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might have been in high school together for one year. Right. Depending if your high school has a freshman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How are you feeling lately about like just the choices you've made? Like what are, what are things that you're like at this kind of stage in your life? Like what are the things that you feel like sure about, if any, what do you feel like, I don't know about like, you know, just how, how do you feel about being an artist? What's it like being an artist in your oh, life man. right now? Being an artist is like, is great. I'm happy that I'm doing this right now. There's definitely a lot of struggle that yeah. I, that I know I was going to encounter, yeah. but you want to talk about any of it. Oh man. It's just like, and then the pandemic, I think the pandemic is like, throwing a giant wrench in everybody's plans. It really has. And so like, and not only that, but it's changing theater too. Yeah. Like everything that's been happening, like has been changing the way that the, the theater culture is currently. Yeah. I feel like we're like in the, in the middle of a, of a huge like growth in the art world and specifically like yeah. when the, uh, I don't know about like music, but I know in theater, like a lot of things are changing. Like a lot of performers are, you know, speaking up for themselves yeah. you know like saying i've seen that happening with like there's lots of like actors like boycotts like and isn't there like a like a writer's strike oh i don't know about that yeah yeah oh, but like i i know that there's like um just a lot of like just demanding like health and safety like and doing how that dare first. we like right like yeah you know like demanding not to like the music industry needs one of those because, I mean, the music industry is, like, fucked right now. Like, music in our culture is just, like, free. Like, musicians just don't get paid. Yeah. Um, like, we just, we all just kind of expect, like, YouTube is free. Like, Spotify is basically free, you know? Like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, mu the music industry needs, like, I think it might be happening. Like, I think it, I mean, it might take some time, but I, mm -hmm. I, f I suspect there's, like, you know, some unrest in the music industry that's like oh yeah but i yeah like i'm sure it's is it, well, it's it's kind of starting with the labels right like like a lot of people yeah. are now self-publishing their exactly. own stuff exactly i was gonna say like independent music is some is totally different than it used to be the labels i think will have to change dramatically or will kind of become defunct yeah, I I don't see labels really being a thing like how they were just yeah. because like at, like SoundCloud's there. It's yeah. uh, what's the other one? There's another one. I forget what it is. 
um uh, like band camp band camp yeah yes. well well th- like so so yeah you can you can put kind of stuff up but there's also like diy distribution which will get your music like on amazon apple music mm-hmm. spotify and like you don't need a label for any of that stuff and you used to you know like yeah it used to be like you they're just you just literally couldn't get music anywhere if you didn't have a label yep but yeah so i think i think there are changes afoot Yes, I agree. Um, but yeah. how I feel as a creative, going back to that, I I never thought I'd be doing this. Yeah. To be honest, like every time, every time I'm about to go on stage, like whenever I perform something or or when I wrote my play and I saw actors performing it, yeah. like even though it was a Zoom play, it was a Zoom play. It yeah. wasn't like a play Still. on stage, but like, but they were doing it live and they were reading the words that I wrote. And then, and then like, I, I feel like a sense of pride because there were it, like seven years ago, I felt like I was at like such a low point in my life. And I'm just like, like, I'm not, I'm just going to be some kind of like drone that works at, somewhere else or like not doing what i'm passionate about you know like i just thought that i was just gonna kind of like go about my life like that but like i am doing something that i've always wanted to do ever since i was a kid and it makes me so happy and so like whenever i'm like i said whenever i'm about to go on stage like i always like i always like check in with myself like like yo like you're about to go like on and perform like look at the lights look at the stage look at the crowd look at yourself you are here, yeah. you know, and like, yeah, like I definitely made, made mistakes still like, you know, but yeah, it will happen again. Like, I'm sure there will be like points in your future where you'll like, you'll, you'll have like a, another low point to look back on. And then you'll look back at like some of these things as like a high, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm also, I'm 34. Like, why? Well, I don't know. But I, but I suspect that like, these things will keep happening. I was kind of saying that earlier, like it's just ever evolving. <laughs> like yeah, the unpredictable nature of it is kind of what we sign up for. It's where like so much richness lives, but also like it's terrifying and scary. Yeah. And so like, I, I just, it's, it's whenever I reach a low point, like I just kind of think about how, like, I just, I just think about where I am now. Like, like, look, dude, you did it. Like you're, yeah. And yeah, you might not be like fucking Brad Pitt or whatever, you know, but like, yeah. but you, but you, but I remember saying like, just do it, just do it. And because at least you can say that you did it. If it was, if it wasn't a good fit, right. you know, you like tried. you're not, you're not yeah, going to, you you're, you're not going to go the rest of your life wondering what if I had yeah. chosen to be a performer or a creator or an artist, like you are. When I think there's this, maybe this is just me. Like maybe this is just my own like baggage talking, but I think there's something so beautiful about not like, you know, some people as children, like people will just be like, oh, you're, you've got that, you've got that thing. Like you've got that spark. Like you're meant to be on stage. You're like meant to be under lights or like, you know, there are some of these children who get these, who get told like you're, you've got it. And I, I think that there's something so like incredibly resilient and like just amazing about being a person who wasn't told that who's doing it fucking anyway (laughs) like you know who's just like no i want to and i'm gonna do it even if i haven't had you know teachers and adults and everyone throughout my life just telling me like you've got this you've got it to have people tell you like i don't know if you got it and then to be like you know what i think 
I think I am though. Yeah. That's, I don't know. That's creative. Like just to see it, just to see a future for yourself and just jump into it. Like without those kind of safety nets, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's kind of like a, it's a testament to like the resiliency of like the human spirit. Yes. And the creative spirit. Yes. What's your favorite thing about acting? Uh, just being able to be a kid, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, because that's kind of what it is. Like, you know, like I, I catch myself doing like whenever performing, whatever, like kind of reflecting on like the roles that I played. Like I did a play like a couple of years ago back at Weber State. It was called, it was like a comedic, like twisted version of Sense and Sensibility. Cool. And I, like I, in that same play, I, I played both like the like the heartthrob yeah and a dog okay. <laughs> so, so like yeah like you just get to be like funny or like silly or like somber like i don't know it's just you know like there's like a freedom in it yeah like and yeah. it just feels like you're a kid and i love that like i, I don't i love playing i absolutely love that like and i love the feeling of I love the feeling that I haven't lost my inner child kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think my inner child was like smushed as a child, you know, like, cause I had, my parents were like so harsh and I feel like a lot of the work of like my adulthood now is trying to like get her back. Mm-hmm. So I, I know what you mean. I don't know that I like, I think I'm working on like feeling that like how you are. I don't think I'm there yet, but like, I, I get why that's valuable. Yes. Is so. there anything else you want to say about like being an artist, about just anything, anything left like on your heart that you'd like to share? Oh man. I don't know. I, I don't think I have any closing thoughts, I guess. Well, I, just... I, I have a couple of final questions that I always ask so that we don't have to have an awkward ending, but no, 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 I'd no. want to give you free space. No worries. Uh, I just look, man, people listening, if, if you just want to create, man, just do it. Just you know? do it. What risk is there? I mean, I guess like, you know, you might have to be extra creative. Like I was talking about this with my husband last night. Like if you are a parent, if you have children, you know, you maybe you, they're your first responsibility and you might have to be a little bit more creative about how you tackle your creativity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but especially if you don't have like, you know, anyone who like your stability, like they're really relying on it. Like, what what are you gonna lose? Yes. <laughs> try it. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, actually, one thing. Yeah, yeah. Go if for anybody it. there has any kids, and you notice that they're creative, nurture that creation. Yeah. You know, because like, you're only gonna help build them. Yeah. Can't hurt. Yeah. Can't hurt. Probably will help. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I totally nurture, agree. Nurture that creative mind. It's such a beautiful thing, and it's yeah, it's really really special. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. Okay, I ask everybody at the end, on this day, what's your dream collaboration? Who is someone or a group of people that you'd love to work with? You can build yourself a team or you can just say a person. Oh, man, that's a good one. Actually, you know what? Uh, I would love, like, right now, like, like the immediate one would to be to collaborate with Lemon Miranda. Yeah. Like, that's, like, a pretty big dream. Um, I know if some of my friends are listening to this are probably going to be like, Oh, you're such a, no, he's brilliant. Well, (laughs) 
No, because I would talk mad shit about Hamilton like for a long time mm-hmm. because it's 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 not a bad show. It's it's actually a really good show. Oh, sure. You know, but it's just like. Have you seen Encanto? I have not seen Encanto. Not yet. I've it's, been kind of like. I've been it like wrecked about. me, man. Like, because it's about like toxic family structures. <laughs> and I have that. I have those. But like on New Year's Eve, I was watching it with my little niece and nephew. Mm-hmm. And they were like, let's watch Encanto. And I was like, oh, yeah, kids movie. And then I was like sobbing. <laughs> like it, it like fully wrecked me. So, oh, man. I got to check it out then. You but, should. It's but, beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, I was going to, but yeah. I just kind of been like writing the wave i i always do that i never i never quite see something when everybody's talking about it you're not an early adopter i'm not i'm not either like i usually wait like a week or two or a year month yeah or a year (laughs) i haven't seen hamilton so you haven't seen hamilton okay well yeah but in the heights love in the heights brilliant i love 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 in the heights and i think limino miranda is uh like a very special person to have in in the theater and the performing arts right now in our broad culture right now yeah like i mean i think he's, he's really yeah doing stuff yes yeah. i agree so and finally tell people where to find you and find your work um you can find me on instagram uh i think the what is the the, the at, handle, handle. At, yeah. <laughs> the handle is uh el pedro flores el pedro flores okay, great the so. pedro flores yeah exactly Thank you so much for being here. This was such a joy. When you said, like, we were talking earlier, I hope this part didn't get cut out, but we were talking about, like, uh, feeling, like, where am I, like, where am I in the, like, in the dynamic? Like, what part am I playing? And every time before I do an interview, I get a little bit of that. Like, Mm -hmm. what will this be? (laughs) Like, what (laughs) what kind of, what what will this be? And you just made it so lovely, and I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem at all. It was great to meet you. Likewise, thank you for having me. Yeah, have a great day. You as well. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our theme song is As You Are from My Album Masks with artwork and merch designs by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, you can reach me through my website, emilymerrellmusic.com. That's E-M-I-L-Y-M-E-R-R-E-L-L music.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.